welcome or welcome back to Scottish and Scared. I'm your host Stephanie and I'm here to tell you about all the strange and unusual goings on from right here in my homeland, Scotland. Before we get into it, I would like to ask anyone listening to send in their strange or unusual experiences. They do not have to be from here in Scotland. If you have any requests for future episodes or you just fancy a gab, then please do get in touch. You can email us at scottishandscared at gmail.com and you can also follow us on Instagram at scottishandscaredpod. If you wouldn't mind, please rate, review and share wherever you may be listening to us. It really does help us out and a massive thanks to everyone who has already done so. Yes, hello everyone. I would just like to start off by firstly apologising for my absence. A lot of you have been DMing me and emailing me to see if I am actually still alive and I can confirm I am not speaking to you from beyond the grave. I am still here, barely. I do have a very good reason why I was gone for so long, which I am going to get into in just a wee bit, uh, as well as some very exciting updates about the show and where it's heading in the new year. So if that is something that you're interested in, keep on listening. But if you're not that interested in me talking about myself personally, uh, this episode probably isn't going to be for you. Um, This one is going to be a bit more relaxed, a bit more chill. Um, So a wee bit less scripted, shall we say. So if that's not something you want to listen to, then this probably is not the episode for you, so I would uh, probably give this one a miss. So firstly, why was I gone for so long? Well, uh, I'm going to try and keep this as short as humanly possible. Um, As many of you may know, if you've listened to the show consistently, I said in the last episode about three months ago now that I was going to Yorkshire for the weekend on a family vacation, which I did. But if you are from Scotland, you will know that you can basically turn the tap on anywhere here in the country and drink straight from the tap because we have like clean filtered water. That's just a thing that is just, it's just part of daily living here. But in England, however, they don't, at least where I was staying, they didn't have clean tap water. I don't know if that is the same for the rest of England, but just in the specific area that I was in, uh, I was told not to uh, drink the tap water. Obviously this is like common knowledge for any Scot travelling like anywhere. You forget sometimes like when you go on holiday that you can't just tap, turn the tap on and use the water. But because I was in England, I didn't really think about it that much because I was just thinking it's the same. So my cousin and I, who I was with, uh, we have a coffee every morning, like most people do, to wake us up a bit. And we bought bottled water and used that in the kettle for our coffee. And we did this for about three days. Uh, And then I started to get this weird feeling in my throat. Like, uh, see, like when you're just about to get tonsillitis or something like that, and you get that really weird feeling and swelling in your throat and you can't really eat and drink well. So I started to get that feeling. And as the day went on, that feeling just started to get like progressively worse. So my cousin started to feel the same. And I was kind of just like trying to figure out, no, there must be something that both of us are doing or whatever that's causing this. So I decided that I wanted to open the kettle for some reason and have a wee look inside just to see if it was clean. And when I opened the kettle, it kind of looked like somebody had spat in the kettle. Like somebody had spat up flame and just spat it into the kettle. That's what it looked like inside the kettle. The kettle looked like it had mucus and flame inside it just floating about in the water. So as you can imagine, as soon as I seen this, I was absolutely horrified. Uh, I immediately just started like kicking off. Uh, I emptied the kettle, I started cleaning it. And from that point on, we kind of just started 
uh, boiling water in a pot on the stove instead of using the kettle. Uh, and we kind of thought that that would be the end of it. We would feel better, whatever. So skip to the last day of our holiday. I was actually unable to move from the sofa and I am not exaggerating when I say this. I literally was unable to move. I had a fever so high and sweats so bad that I was literally soaking through all of my clothes. I was sweating through the duvet that I had around me. I was coughing up yellow and green mucus. I was unable to speak. Uh, I completely lost my voice and I was like violently shaking. So honestly, I really did feel like I was dying. Like I haven't been that sick in a very, very, very long time. Uh, I took a COVID test and it was negative. So we just all around assumed that I had caught a bug or something of that nature, something just silly. So when we were leaving, I slept the entire car journey home. Uh, and when we got back to our own homes and stuff, uh, I kind of just went inside, flopped down, lay in bed, just tried to sleep through the night thinking that I would get better. Uh, but through the night, uh, I had a fever so bad that I almost passed out. It just so happens that when I was at home, the rest of my family was also on holiday in a completely different location. They were actually abroad. So I was at home alone. Um, I had the fan on, windows open, but my fever just reached a point that I genuinely almost passed out. So at that point, I decided it was time to maybe visit the hospital and see if it was something a bit more serious. Uh, I did so. And as soon as I got into the hospital, they did a bunch of blood tests. Um, one of my blood tests came back, um, and I think it was, I'm not sure if it's your white blood cells that's like, if they're, if your white blood cells are high, it's like a sign of infection or something, but my white blood cell count or whatever way around it is, was so high uh, that they immediately put me on drips. I was taking all sorts of medication, and it turns out that I actually had bacterial tonsillitis which had I not been treated for, I was told would have developed eventually into sepsis in the next day or two. So fortunately, I was treated and felt better within a week or two, but my voice was completely gone for about three or four weeks. I couldn't speak without coughing, which obviously makes recording a podcast very, very difficult, as you can imagine. But I am absolutely fine now. It's completely gone. Uh, I took loads of medication, antibiotics, stuff like that. Uh, and my voice is more or less back to normal. But um, I just want to say that if you feel really sick or you just think, oh, I've got the flu or whatever, please go and get checked out because I had no idea that you could even get sepsis from something like tonsillitis. I thought that was just like, you know, like if you've got a really, really bad illness or something like that but please get it checked because honestly I knew something wasn't right and had I just kept laying in bed and feeling sorry for myself and you know just drink trying to drink water and all the usual crap then god knows what could have happened so please if you feel sick and you do a covid test and it's negative just get checked out because you never know and also please don't drink the water in strange countries and if you're going to boil it maybe check the kettle because, um, yeah, I never even thought to do that. And when I came home, the first thing I did was check our own kettle, which was absolutely fine because um, England have hard water and we have soft water, which I'm not going to get too much into water. But, yeah, basically don't drink the water. <laughs> that was all good. Everything was getting back to normal. I was feeling good. 
Uh, I had planned to come back to recording with an episode that I worked really, really hard on. I had done a lot of reading. I wrote up a bunch of stuff for you guys to enjoy. And then my wisdom teeth decided that they wanted a wee bit of the action. So I have been fighting an infection for the past two weeks. And I have an appointment next week to have x-rays done. Hopefully, I will have my wisdom teeth removed. So there will be no more dental-related issues. But in summary... I just feel like someone really, really didn't want me to talk or open my mouth because as soon as I felt better, something else came up and it was always related to my throat, my mouth, so... Uh, but I did not take out a library card for nothing, let me tell you. So, I just wanted you guys to know that that's what's been going on and that's why I haven't really been active anywhere. There was a good reason for it, I didn't just ghost, but enough about me. Let's talk about the show. Uh, the day of recording this episode is December 31st, which is Hogmanay here in Scotland. And I will have this edited and uploaded on the December 31st. So if you're listening to it today of it being uploaded, Happy New Year. This past year, I have learned a lot about podcasting. Uh, and I would like to think that I've upped my game a wee tiny bit. I have put a lot more time into these episodes. And I do try and bring as much as I can to whatever I'm talking about instead of just the basics I'm trying to get a wee bit more in debt as I said like I've been going to the library I've been um reading a lot just trying to build my basic knowledge of Scotland and its history so that I can dive a wee bit deeper and give you guys a wee bit more of a background and know what I'm talking about when I'm talking about it and I just hope that that does reflect when you listen to the show I hope it has got progressively better of course in the start things aren't going to be polished and great and amazing but I'm hoping now that things are starting to sound a wee bit better things are starting to be a bit more enjoyable to listen to but going forward uh, I want to try and keep up that effort and that level of work and I really want to be consistently uploading every week for you if you've been listening from the beginning you will know that I did have a co-host and that was kind of the direction that we wanted it to go in, keeping it more conversational, a bit more light-hearted, more jokes and stuff. I felt like that really wasn't the right person to do that with. Uh, I felt like it was always too much carrying on, but I mean, that is my personality. I feel like I'm very funny. I like to make jokes. I like to make people laugh, but I just felt like sometimes it was just too much off the path of what we were talking about. Currently, I am looking at spaces to rent or buy where I can set up an actual studio dedicated to this podcast. Right now, I do this from my home, which is absolutely fine. But if I did have a bigger space dedicated to the show, I could have guests. And we are thinking about having a co-host again. It would be a different person this time and the plan would be to give them their own episodes that I would sit in on where they can talk about whatever they please, obviously within reason, and I would kind of just jump in and we would just have more more of a conversation about it uh, instead of it being scripted, so to say. Uh, I do enjoy doing this, don't get me wrong, I do enjoy doing this on my own, but sometimes I think it's good to have someone jump in and discuss things a bit deeper or ask questions real time to make it a bit more interesting and as I said not so scripted. Um, I do try to add on my own thoughts and things during the episode but yeah I do think sometimes it's better if you've got someone to bounce off of and kind of throw ideas off of. But this, this, this is the plan that we have going forward. Now their episode could be about absolutely anything from horror movies, true crime, ghost stories or it could be something completely different to what we're doing now it doesn't have to be about you know all the weird spooky unusual stuff it could be something completely different or it could be a completely different show 
oh, we could do a completely separate show that's separate from this, that's about something completely different. That could be about our personal lives, our experiences. It could be about absolutely anything. So that is something that we're really looking into right now and we'll figure out in the new year at some point. Also, really important, if there are any earlier episodes that you would like me to revisit or just redo entirely, please let me know. I would be so happy to do so. Uh, There are most definitely things that I've missed in the past that I could go maybe a wee bit deeper on and it would kind of line up more to what the show is now as opposed to when it started. Because I know that a lot of people listen to the first episodes and they get a little bit confused. They don't really know, they don't really know, they listen to like the first four episodes and then they get a bit confused because suddenly there's no co-host and it's a completely different vibe. So uh, some people don't like that, the vibe at the start. I've had a lot of people message me and say that they feel like it's easier to listen to now, which I totally get. So if there's any episodes at the start that you would like me to maybe revisit and redo, definitely do that. Like I know that the Loch Ness Monster episode, um, there's loads more that's came out recently about that, that I could definitely add in and I'd be happy to do that. As I said, it would kind of line up more with what I'm doing now and as opposed to at the beginning. But you lovely people can let me know how you feel about all these ideas that I've thrown out. Please do not hesitate to get in touch. I welcome all opinions because at the end of the day, this is your show. You're the ones that are listening to it. So I want to give you guys what you want and make the changes that you want to see that will make it better for you. Also, just before we move on, next week, we will be putting up our first episode of the new year. I do have two stories already wrote up. They're ready to go. But I would like to have it be a bit more relaxed um, and I would like all you listeners to send in questions or things that you would like me to discuss during the episode. They can be about anything you like, they can be about the show, they can be topics I've discussed or they can be about me personally, obviously within reason. Um, if you'd like to get to know a bit more about me then that's fine. Uh, so get, get your questions sent over as soon as possible and I will feature them in the next week's and I will feature them in next week's episode. Or if you have any stories that you would like to share um, that you're happy for me to read and discuss, those are also welcome. Um, I just think it would be really nice to do our first episode of the year based around the people that are listening. You can get to know me, I can get to know you. Uh, and I think that would be really nice. So if you're interested in doing that, please get involved, send them over. I'm always happy to talk to you guys so please do that now i have blabbed and blabbed and blabbed uh and why don't we just get into what we're here to talk about um as i said i will be recording this december 31st but you might be listening in the new year but i'm but today i am going to talk about about christmas yule winter solstice however you celebrate the holiday season but obviously relative to scotland and at the end, I'll talk a wee bit about my plans for Hogmanay and give you a wee bit more background on what Hogmanay actually is. So as many of you are aware, modern day Christmas is kind of like a Christian holiday. Let's be honest, not a lot of people I know celebrate it as such. But most of the traditions and activities we would associate with Christmas actually predate that holiday entirely. In Scotland especially, there is ancient history relating to the celebrating of the winter solstice and Yule as opposed to Christmas and all that other stuff. There are a few different influences in terms of where these traditions originated and how they kind of merged to become what we modern people would term as Yule. Because I know there are people out there who do still celebrate Yule, I being one of them. Uh, So 
yeah, let's just talk about that. So here in Scotland, we had the Picts, who were an ancient civilization that lived here in Scotland. They were one of the first or the first people to settle and live here. There is not a lot of information on their practices online and I really struggle to find anything in the library. So if you have any recommendations on where I can get some information on this specific, on the pics specifically, please let me know. Uh, but I would assume that they obviously had their own practices and traditions when it came to the winter period. Unfortunately, I just was not able to find anything specific to them. Uh, but then we had the Celts, and it is important to note that when I talk about the Celts, I'm talking about the Celts who lived here in Scotland. Uh, the Celts were people from all over Britain, Ireland and Europe. They are not just specific to Scotland and Ireland, uh, which I think people seem to think for some reason that they are. Like, I know that the Celtic is kind of like an it's kind of like an Irish Gaelic word, but that doesn't mean that they're specific to Ireland or Scotland. They, are, they settled all over the world. Um, so there are varying different types of people who walk the Celtic path. There are different types of people who would have called themselves Celts. So when I say Celts, I'm specifically talking about Scotland. Um, just for anybody that's listening that's maybe Irish or, you know, from anywhere else. Anywho, the Celts or the Celtic pagans would celebrate the winter solstice, which was usually around the 21st of December, which was, just, which was the shortest day of the year. They believed that during this period the sun would stand still and this is what would cause the longer nights and they carried out several different celebrations and acts in order to appease the gods and allow the sun to start moving again, thus bringing an end to the dark nights and the cold winter and obviously the winter period. As you can imagine, there were there was a lot of fire involved in these practices. Large bonfires would be lit to keep people warm and provide light. They were also used to ward off bad spirits. There would be there would also be animal sacrifices and sometimes even human sacrifices that would be carried out by the Druids who were kind of like a higher rank of people within the Celtic communities. Now I could go on and on and on about the Druids and the Celts uh, and the Picts and all these different like little communities. Uh, I will do that in a separate episode because the, the information on these people is staggering. So I won't go into it a bit too much. I'll just keep it brief. Uh, but they were very important uh, within these communities as they served as religious leaders, teachers, advisors, lore keepers, uh, as well as adjudicators. So they have their own story, which is absolutely massive, and I don't have time to go too deep today, but I promise you I will in a future episode. Now, the actual period known as Yule was said to have been given its name by the Viking settlers. The Vikings were known to have raided Scotland and settled between the 8th and 15th century. And they had their own traditions in celebration of the winter solstice, which they called the Yule. And I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. If I'm not, then slap me in the face. But I'm just going to say Yule. Dry O-L. Uh, there are a few of their traditions that we are familiar with today. So it's safe to say that the Celtic and the Norse traditions kind of mixed together over time. And they kind of make up what we now know as Yule here in Scotland, I don't know about other places in the world. The actual word Yule comes from the Norse word for feast and uh, feasting was a massive part of the midwinter celebrations, as you can imagine. Uh, so I'm going to go through a few of the things that would be carried out during Yule and they will probably sound familiar. The first would be the most known and that would be the Yule log, which was an actual log. Usually, usually a large chunk of oak from one of the surrounding trees would be brought indoors and burned in tribute to the gods and those who sat around the burning log. 
would be blessed with good luck and prosperity. The log would continuously be left burning until eventually it would turn to ash and the ashes were then kept for good luck for the year ahead and some would also be saved to help burn the following year's log. As you'll probably know, you can go into Marks and Spencers these days and buy a Yule log but it's not an actual physical log, it is a cake that looks like a log. Uh, but um, in my house we actually buy actual Yule logs so we don't have the I don't have the facilities to just go out and cut down a tree but we will buy like a piece of oak or pine or whatever and we'll kind of make our own little yule log for like the fireplace and stuff but nowadays the yule log is more commercialized as a cake another one that you've probably heard of is mistletoe which which was also used to bring good luck and was said to help with fertility uh, it would be help, it would be hung in people's homes or placed as a decoration, and sometimes it would be gifted by the like village elders, the druids, etc. They would uh, gift it to people as a gift of fertility. And modern day mistletoe, you will know, is hung above doors, uh, and if you stand underneath it, you're meant to give the person a kiss. Yada yada yada. Another thing that would be done would be that. So the main important thing here is basically bringing the outdoors indoors which was very important and one of the main ways of doing this during period of yule was by bringing in a pine tree from outside and placing it in the home it would be decorated with various different things such as mistletoe dried fruits and different types of handmade decorations uh, such as little stars and moons and stuff like that which again would kind of coincide with modern day christmas trees that we put up every year, decorate, etc, etc. My Christmas tree is not a Christmas tree. It is just a pine tree that we put up and we decorate it with a different theme every year. Uh, this year it's Cat in the Hat. Uh, last year it was Nightmare Before Christmas. And next year it's going to be uh, horror movies. Uh, we do also decorate it with Yule-specific things such as dried oranges and stuff like that and we have like stars and moons uh, those kind of things and as well as all this stuff there would obviously be a lot of drinking a lot of singing dancing uh, and even you know a lot of it's cold and people have got to keep warm and you know things get cozy there'll be a lot of that as well a lot of yule babies let's just say that and generally just people having a good time surrounding themselves with people that they with loved ones and people they cared about and just having a good old time now like i said many of these things probably sound familiar and that's because when christianity was introduced to scotland all those years ago our ancient traditions and belief systems slowly started to be replaced with more modern christian practices and this is how the whole idea of Christmas was eventually introduced. Now, I personally don't like this. Uh, if you're listening and you're Christian, this is not me attacking you or your religion. I'm just really into learning about your own people's traditions and beliefs. I know like the pagans and the Celts and the Pits and all these different people, they're very seasonal. Their traditions are very seasonal based. Uh, they're based on the weather, the like I said, the seasons, nature, uh, and that's just something that I feel really close to. And I think it's a shame that all those things, uh, they get lost to time and they're just replaced with things, other things. And that's kind of what I've been trying to do over the past couple of months, is kind of get in touch with that and learn as much as humanly possible. Try and do, try and practice those traditions within modern times if you will so like in our house we burn simmer pots uh during the winter season we do some seining with some pine 
we try and get out in nature a bit more during the winter and we just generally try to do as much as we can but that's just me that's just our family that's just how we do it um we're not particularly religious we don't particularly believe in any religion we just try and keep it as authentic to us as possible. Um, we're not really Christian, so um, we don't really like to practice Christian things. And that is absolutely no hate to Christianity or Catholicism or anything like that. You do you. Uh, but that's just how we do it in our home. Uh, and something that some of you might not know is that Christmas uh, or Yule was actually banned here in Scotland. Um, that's correct. It was banned. In 1560, Scotland decided it wanted a wee break from the Catholic Church and broke away. And this period is known as the Reformation. We have touched on this in previous episodes. It caused a lot of religious conflict and as Christmas was deemed a Catholic holiday, the Scottish Parliament decided to put a ban on celebrating it in 1640. So if you were found to be celebrating it in any way, this could be something as small as, you know, baking a cake that looked a bit too much like a Yule log. Uh, you would be imprisoned, <laughs> that's right, you would be in jail for Christmas. Uh, I personally wish they had kept this tradition because I don't like Christmas. I don't know why, I just, I've, I've never liked it since I was a wee, a, wee, a wee lassie. I don't know why. I am the Grinch of my family and I am at peace with that and I am absolutely over the moon with that. Doesn't bother me in the slightest, but yeah, I don't, I'm not the biggest fan of Christmas, so I do wish that they'd kind of kept this uh, this ban in. But the ban itself lasted until the early 18th century, but it was still very frowned upon in Scotland to celebrate it. So, so much so that it wasn't even a public holiday here until 1958, which I think is absolutely bananas. I asked my dad about this and he said, now my dad's only 46, but he said that he has never heard of that. He didn't even know that that was a thing. But when I asked my nana, she said, oh yeah, yeah, I remember that, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, people had to go out and work in Scotland on Christmas Day because it was just kind of frowned upon to celebrate it, which I just think is absolutely mad. But if you're Scottish, you'll know that Hogmanay here is a very, very big deal, which is New Year's Eve for anyone who is non-Scot. The reason we go so hard on Hogmanay celebrations here is because for so long it was the only winter holiday that we could actually celebrate without any repercussions. Now that's the theory, that's not fact, but they think that's why we have such a massive, it's such a massive deal here, which like I said before, my family celebrate in more traditional ways. We do the whole pine tree and the yule log, obviously on a much smaller scale. I don't particularly have any religious beliefs, but I do prefer to practice more traditional ways of celebrating different seasons and holidays throughout the year. But for the most part, we just get drunk and take the piss out of one another. That's kind of what we do. That's kind of what makes it fun. In terms of folklore, there isn't a whole bunch of creatures that enjoy the festive season in Scotland. Uh, the only one that I could find was the dark crooked one of Christmas, which does have a Gaelic name, which I am not going to attempt to pronounce because I am absolutely going to butcher it and embarrass myself. Uh, now this lore isn't particularly Scottish. It did originate from Ireland and it is based on a Celtic idol from their folklore, but it did seem to find its way over here to Islay which is an island in the Inner Hebrides on the west coast of Scotland. So that is kind of why I'm bringing it up today. Essentially, the Dark Crooked One is the Irish slash Scottish version of Krampus. During the festive period, children would be warned that if they did not behave, the Dark Crooked One would be paying them a visit. Now, if you've ever heard the wind blowing through a keyhole, 
on a window when it's windy, you'll know that it can be absolutely terrifying. I know that when I was a kid, we stayed in the top flat of a tenement building and when the wind would kind of blow up the close or the like building, um, it would come through our letterbox and it was, it sounded like something was howling through the letterbox and it was absolutely terrifying. So if you can imagine that noise, parents would tell their children that that was the dark crooked one crying down the chimney or through the door um, to try and scare them into behaving. But that is the only kind of Christmassy creature that uh, I could find from here in Scotland. Did your parents ever threaten you with anything like that when you were a kid? Like, my nana used to threaten me with uh, hairy toes. <laughs> like, she, if I was misbehaving, she would say, oh, hairy toes is going to get you, and she would say that he lived under the bed. So for the longest time, I would um jump up and jump into bed because I was terrified that hairy toes was going to get me from underneath my bed. And my grandpa always used to scare me with bojangles. He used to say that if I didn't behave, bojangles would come and get me. Um, And he would open like the front door and he'd be like, oh, there's bojangles coming to get you. Uh, yeah, when I think of bojangles, I think of like a, a guy in a top, like like a fedora with sunglasses on, mm, like Hannibal Lecter. That's what, that's what I imagine. Uh, and hairy toes was just, I don't know why that scared me so much. Uh, maybe that's why I hate feet. But yeah, did, did your parents ever like scare you with like made up monsters? Uh, I know there was one here as well, uh, Maggie Murphy. I don't know if you've ever heard of that one. Basically, Maggie Murphy is this fictional woman who has an orphanage. Uh, and her parents would say is, if you don't behave, Maggie Murphy's going to come and get you and take you away. Um, they would even go as far as phoning Maggie Murphy to tell her to come and get you. So yeah, uh, that was totally not related to anything I was talking about but yeah those were the things that my grandparents would scare me with as a child. So that is all I have in relation to Christmas or Yule. Uh, whichever you celebrate, uh, if you celebrate it at all. I do find it a little annoying how a lot of, a lot of the times <coughs> I do find it a little annoying how a lot of you know ancient ways seem to just disappear and are forgotten about. I think it's important to know about your people, what your people were about and how they celebrated at important periods of the year. But as I said, it's really hard to find reputable sources. Again, if you know any books or articles I should read, please let me know. And if I've got any of the information today incorrect, please do not hesitate to correct me. This is just me putting together all the things that I was able to find. Now, with it being December 31st, I would be very foolish not to talk a wee bit about Hogmanay or New Year's Eve. Here in Scotland, when celebrating or talking about New Year's Eve, we call it Hogmanay. I don't know where the word Hogmanay came from or the meaning behind it. That's just always been what we call the last day of the old year. The celebrations here in Scotland are pretty big. Like I said earlier, this may be due to the fact that we were not able to celebrate Christmas for a long time. So we kind of go all out for Hogmanay. The celebrations are probably very similar here to the rest of the world. We let off fireworks, we have parties, we drink alcohol and we just generally enjoy leaving the old year behind and spending time with loved ones and family. I know in Edinburgh they have a street party every year and if you've ever been to it, it's absolutely amazing. Um, it's pretty famous around the world along with the song that we all sing at the bells, Old Lang Syne which is a famous Robert Burns poem who is indeed Scottish. We also do first footing which I don't know if that's just a Scottish thing, but basically right after the bells, we go visit neighbours or family with a small plate of food or a card. It's meant to bring kind of like good luck to be the first visitors of the new year, essentially. Uh, we used to do this with our neighbours every year when I was a kid. 
they would come over to our house and we'd have like a big buffet and we'd just have a nice time and sing songs and stuff like that. But now that I'm older, I'm not gonna lie, it's just an excuse to get dressed up and get very, very, very drunk, which is exactly what I will be doing right after this recording. So get in touch and let me know how you celebrate New Year's Eve or Hogmanay. Do you have your own little traditions or do you just use it as an excuse to party like we do? Uh, if you're ever in Scotland at New Year, uh, head to Edinburgh. Um, it's one of the best places to be at New Year. Their street party is absolutely amazing. It's filled with music and dancing and singing and just everybody's just everybody's there just to have a nice time and enjoy each other's company. Doesn't matter where you're from, doesn't matter who you are. Yeah, everybody's just love. Everybody's just there to have a nice time. But that is all I have time for today, people. I have to go put my face on and pour myself a wee drink because I for one am very, very pleased to see the back of this year and I'm excited to see what the new one has in store. Once again, I want to thank every single person who has listened to the show, got in contact or left feedback. It's actually been shocking to me that so many people do enjoy hearing me talk about castles once a week. Um, that's absolutely mind-boggling. I know there has been uh, periods of absence for me because of my health or because I was moving house and stuff like that. But next year will be better and more consistent. And I'm just really excited to see where this could all go um, and what potential it has. I hope that every single one of you listening had an absolutely amazing holiday season and everyone was safe. I will be back next week with the first episode of the new year with two very Scottish stories for you. But I would like you listeners to send in any questions you have or requests. And I will include these in the episode. I hope everyone has an amazing Hogmanay or New Year's Eve. Don't get too drunk uh, if you're over 18 and if there is anyone out there who is spending it alone, get in touch. Drop us an email or a DM and you can most certainly join us for the celebration. Don't sit on your own. I know right now with the pandemic and the lockdowns and the Covid and the Omicron and all this stuff, I know some people will probably be on their own but don't celebrate in silence. Get in touch with us. I hope you all enjoyed and I will see you in the next one. I hope everyone has a fantastic new year uh, and if you're listening to the new year, happy new year. Uh, stay weird, stay scared. Bye folks! <laughs>